Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Frozen Four Podcast, brought to you by NHL News Updates. I'm your host, Luke. I got my three guys with me, Josh, Steve, and Stack. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well today. Uh, while I was at work, the power went out, which was very entertaining because we have backup generators that got all the outlets to you know come back on, but not all the overhead lights came back on. So the last hour and a half of my day was in darkness. Now, I don't need to tell you how hard it is to take a leak when there's no lighting. No, I did not sit down. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, storms ripped through <laughs> east side of Rochester pretty badly. Like Fairport, which has their own power grid. They even lost power, so it was crazy. Yeah, we were watching that stuff all morning long, and that like barely missed us. And then there's debris everywhere. Yeah, that stuff. When I left work, like the rain had stopped, but there's just tree branches everywhere, all on the roads. The leaving work, like one tree, it looked like lightning hit it. It was just split halfway down the middle. I was like, holy hell! Yeah, that stuff barely missed the highway. That stuff barely missed us, and then around like two o'clock, we got hit with rain. Yeah, I looked out my uh, performance coach's window just to look outside. We're on the second floor. I could not see the ground. That's how hard it was raining. Jeez, it was just I... a sheet. It was just a sheet of water Yikes. raining down, literally. And I have to say, I was tempted yesterday as I passed the biggest delta sonic i've ever seen he's like hey maybe i need a car wash well i just got a free one nice nice josh how about you how you doing well like i said we got a little rain at two o'clock today so i had a early day um got back home and just kind of chilled out took a nap did some reading i've been getting back into reading a lot and i really enjoy it um if I sound a little different, I've got some allergies going on and it's been really pissing me off and I haven't been sleeping well because of it. So yay. Um, but other than that, I've been pretty decent, just kind of trucking along, doing my own thing, applying to jobs, have some possible good news coming soon. So fingers crossed, but other than that, just living the dream. That's good. Stack, uh, how about you? Um, well, sort of like how Steve mentioned, uh, sheets of water, um, I've been working obscene amounts lately and well, not totally obscene, but between family vacations and other matters, I have been running rampant and I finally get a day off tomorrow that doesn't involve me running around the entire entirety of New York. So I'm happy about that. Um, Celebrated Father's Day with my dad yesterday. It was pretty nice after I got out of work. Went for went for dinner and got to see him. And, which was nice because he, uh, he, he coaches track at his school. I'm not going to tell you guys where my dad works. But um, at his school, he coaches track. And he has been running. Well, he's been coaching track for years and years. But this year... With COVID and everything, it's been really hard for me and my sisters to see my dad. So um, getting to have a nice dinner with him and walk around was pretty cool. So, yeah, besides that, not a whole lot going on. Just watching hockey and getting excited for the Leafs next season. I'm already getting my hopes up to be torn down. So there we go. Hell yeah, I love to hear it. That uh, I mean, Buffalo can't really get their hopes up. They try, but... You know, we, we just we just kind of sit there. Um, Tell me how you really feel, Luke. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I, it's been a weird couple weeks. Uh, we've been working a lot. I uh, got to relax finally on Sunday with my dad and my family for Father's Day. Um, but uh, it's going to be busy this week and next week as well as it's getting into summertime. So... It's just been a time. I was late to work today, and that's a story for later on. But with that, I want to get into the hopes and dreams of players right now that are still playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I want to talk about this Vegas-Montreal series. Did anyone catch last night's game? 
You know I, I did. Watching, I was watching it while on the bench at my hockey game. <laughs> so one of the guys brought a tablet and just had it playing, and we were all watching it while between shifts and stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. The one thing I want to say is I watched the game, and I can finally say I am not Vegas's cancer. They won a game with me watching it, so now I can actually watch Vegas games again. Yeah, you mean jinx. Same difference. Also a stupid phrase. But anyways, uh, I, I missed the first period because I, I, uh, I've I got beer league on Sundays, and th that's a whole other thing. My God, that was an interesting day. But yeah, that, that game was nuts. I was so glad that overtime did not last forever right. because today is a work day. <laughs> I, I was really afraid. I was like, oh, crap. Like, is this going to go to double OT? Am I going to be up till one? I'm, I I'm can't curious. not watch this. <laughs> right. I'm curious, too. Uh, the way Montreal's been playing, it kind of looks like they took a little bit out of the Islanders' playbook. They're playing a very defensively sound game. They're also getting the shit beat out of them because NHL refs are either like, hey, you can't breathe on that guy, or hey, just go ahead and commit treason on the ice. It's fine. Go ahead. Oh, you, you need a gun to finish the job? Here, here you go. I'll even load it for you. Like, what, what's going on with NHL referees? I don't get it. Like, and then well, it's people... on both sides, too. It's not oh, even no, favoring yeah. one team at this point. Like, right. it's just horrible officiating all around. And I don't know if it's like people are getting burned out and they're like tired of refereeing or something. I don't know. But like there's people online defending the refs saying like officiating is officiating. Deal with it. And it's like, no, you're not going to tell a bank teller that they're doing a bad job and just be like bank telling is bank telling. Deal with it. Like if you're doing your job poorly, you should be getting like. You food know. poisoning is food poisoning. Deal with it. <laughs> I, I saw a stat after the Oilers got swept by the Jets that in the last, I think it was eight playoff games Connor McDavid has played, he hasn't drawn one call. Drawn a call. That is the absurd. best player in the league who draws massive amounts of calls every regular season. I mean, the refs, We've. it's like we say this every year. I don't think this year is particularly worse than other years, but the fact that it's a consistent problem is a problem. I mean, right. it's like that far cry quote. Uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results, right? That's not yeah. a far cry quote. Well, That's the definition of insanity. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I don't that. know. I remember if... it from far cry. Okay. No, but, I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it's a very famous quote. I'm not sure how much of it is just ref refing incompetence versus directions from the league and mixed messages because they're constantly told different things. And they, I don't even think they know what a slashing is anymore because sometimes they'll call it, you know, if they hit you on the wrist and it has no effect on the play, they'll call it. Sometimes they'll you have to break a stick to get a slash. They, I honestly think it goes all the way up to the league where they just give them this broad direction. Don't decide the game. It's like, well, when you don't make calls at all and let players break the rules, you decide the game by your inaction. Right. Like it's, it's kind of it, the way they, they should go about this is like how, Everyone came back in in, like, what, the year after lockout, 05, 06. And it was, like, penalty crackdown where there were, like, massive amounts of penalty minutes and teams were, like, really pissed off about it. And it's, like, that's kind of what you guys got to do now. You got to, like, crack down on these guys. The players will adjust just like they've adjusted to this because they have adjusted to the fact of, oh, I can get away with bloody murder on the ice some nights with these refs and the other nights I can't do anything. And it's, like... These refs need to stop managing the game. They need to officiate the game. Like, you can't, like, yeah, sure, makeup calls are a thing, but like, they're like, and they're not going to get every single penalty. But when Nick Suzuki gets punched in the face three feet away from a referee, or when Corey Perry gets his nose sliced off and doesn't even get a 
single penalty, let alone the double minor, like, or a single power play, or you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just ridiculous. And sure, you could say with Perry one specifically, yeah, he was trying to, Tuck was trying to swat the puck out of the air, but high sticking, that's the penalty. It's that easy. Like, I'll, t- I'll tell you a quick story. So, uh, this completely represents how this league is going and how they're just, they don't have a consistent standard. So I'm playing a game and I, I try to pass it to a teammate, but I missed or no, I was just trying to clear the puck cause we got pinned in for a while. Well, it deflected off the opponent's stick. So it shouldn't have been icing, but they called it icing. So I went to the ref is like, it went off that guy. Like, how was that icing? He's like, well, you meant, you meant to ice it. I mean to do a lot of things on the ice. I mean to actually do that toe drag instead of have it be a turnover and end up in the back of my net. Like, do I get that goal back? Like when I shot that puck, I meant to score. Does that count? No, you have to call what actually happens when intent comes into mind is when it goes from bad to worse, where if you make it, if you uh, take a a bad penalty and intent to injure makes it worse. It doesn't absolve you if you didn't intend to do something. You still did it. You're not wrong. But that being no, said, we've seen we've seen a lot of blown calls in throughout the entire playoffs, um, especially a few in the past couple of games between Vegas and Montreal. We mentioned the one specifically that I was going to mention of Marcia so slashing Corey Perry. Oh, it was Marcia. I thought it was Tuck. No, it was Marcia. So gotcha. Um, and then there's a couple, even in last night's game, uh, on both sides that I don't know how they're not called. A lot of checking from behind. I think it was Suzuki's mom or sister tweeted out just the picture of her son or brother getting punched in the face with the ref, just like, uh, like, See, okay. So, so <laughs> my, my stance on that one is they were already kind of pushing and going at it. And McNabb, it, all of this, cause all of this was after the whistle. That's true. They were pushing with each other and McNabb just basically told him to fuck off. Yeah. With his fist. <laughs> Guess how that doesn't happen. You call penalties earlier in the game. You set the tone. It's like, all right, I'm not dealing with this bullshit after the whistle. Guess what? It's the playoffs. No one wants to be the guy that costs their team with a stupid fucking penalty. Right, exactly. So you make sure they know. They do something stupid. They're going to, against the rules, you're going to go to the box. You need to have consistent standards. Otherwise, you have no standard. It's one standard or no standard. There is no in-between. But let's let's why don't we get into this a little bit like as a series, not necessarily just the penalties and things like that. How have you guys thought um, Vegas? How have you guys thought both teams look? Stack, I'll start with you. Um, if like if you want to talk about Montreal after everything that happened, but um, well, I mean, contrary to popper, popular belief and you know probably assumptions, I am rooting for Montreal at this point. Not out of not out of I love Montreal, but out of to give Steve and everyone else who hated on the North the middle finger, um, who said, "Oh, the North is all pansies, and these teams weren't playoff teams last year. They suck." And hey, Josh, we can I, hear him. These right? guys wouldn't go anywhere. And, well, I, I agree uh, with him. Well, to be fair, to be fair I call yeah. them the I call them the JV squad. But please continue. I mean, yeah, and for a while they did look like the JV squad, but that's because, I mean, not that the North was completely powerhouses, but in years past, all those teams, with the exception of, like, Edmonton, were pretty strong playoff players, or they made it. I mean, Winnipeg, before they lost Bufflin and Myers, was a consistent powerhouse in in the playoffs for a while. I mean, play the qualifying round is a different story last year, but that was Mickey Mouse shit. Who cares? Um, Montreal 
surprised everyone last year and took the Flyers to what six or seven after beating Peng- the Penguins in the pl- uh, qualifying round. Swapped and, them mean, too. Yeah, and I mean we talk shit on Toronto all we want, but okay, in the Matthews era, twenty seventeen. No one expects them to make it. They make it. They lose to the President's Trophy Capitals, who lost to the Penguins, who won the Cup. 2018. The, I mean, 2018 is a rare exception. They were never supposed to beat Boston that year anyways. Boston was miles ahead of them. And Boston lost to Tampa, who lost to Washington, who won the Cup. 2019. The Leafs lose to Boston, who loses the Cup in seven games to St. Louis. Last year, Columbus loses to Tampa, who goes on to win the Cup. It's not like they're getting beat by scrubs. They're making it every year, and they're supposed to be there. Of course, they need some luck. They need to act like they deserve to be there, which they didn't for games 5, 6, and 7 of this recent series. And it's Montreal. Mitch needs to not forget how to play hockey. Yeah, and, and Matthews needs to show why he makes $11.5 million, just like Marner, almost. I mean, that's a whole nother story. Next show, I want to have a whole where do the Leafs go from here thing, but we'll talk about that later. Anyways, these North Division teams, some more deserving than others, but they all deserve to be here, and Montreal is showing it now. Even if Montreal loses, no one should be saying, the North was shit. I mean, yeah. Vancouver and Calgary were pretty crappy. Ottawa, if Ottawa had an 82-game season, they probably make the playoffs. They were playing amazing towards the end. And they probably could make it next year in the Atlantic, which is going to be a murderer's row. The Atlantic is going to be the Metropolitan of the last five years next year. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Montreal is defying gods, and they're a supreme underdog again, like they always are. But I'm I'm rooting for them just to spite Steve and everyone else on Twitter who won't shut up about the North Division. I, I am also rooting for the Canadians just because I think it would be absolutely hilarious to see Montreal versus New York in the final. Plus, I want – I the only reason I want them to win is for Carey Price because – that man is a national treasure for Canada, and he should be treated as such. Um, if he doesn't win a Stanley Cup, they need to make a trophy called the Carey Price Cup and only give it to him and never give it to anyone else. <laughs> like, he's just, he's just, he's ridiculous. Like, he's so good. I hope I don't just jinx him by saying all this. But well, like, he's one of the main reasons that this series is tied at two right now. Right. Yeah. And Aside don't from. Forget, them sacrificing someone's soul so Jeff Petrie can come back and be healthy and have bloody eyes. Holy shit, that was terrifying. <laughs> Aside from um, Montreal's defense as of late has been very sound. Yes, with the return of Petrie. Yes. Because before, it looked really, really shitty. <laughs> well, the other, thing, the other thing I want to talk about in this series, especially last night's game, Rob and Leonard was a starter. Yes. He has not played since game one of the Avalanche series in which he allowed seven goals. Yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? So he hasn't played in, what, 14 days, I think they said? Probably a little more than that. So for him to be able to come in, make, I believe, 29 of 30 saves, shut him out the entire first period in which Montreal dominated – that yeah, first Vegas, Vegas had four shots in the first. That's crazy. So for Leonard to play the way he did, there's no doubt in my mind he's game five starter. That's that's I don't I don't know because like was it just a rest day for Price or for Flurry or I I mean are yeah, they trying to construe also... Flurry for the final if they make the final? The, that's probably what they're doing because Flurry, that entire game four was all on him. Yeah. So, well, the the last goal, yes, 
Or the was it the overtime goal that he? You mean of game well, three? You said game four. Yeah, game three. My bad. Yeah. Was it was the goal that he like mishandled? Was that the winner or the that was the, that was the tying goal? It was like eighteen seconds after. Yeah, so that's what, that's the thing. I don't think that that game is fully on Carey Price because, like I said before, you mean Flurry or Jesus, they're both really good and they're both French. I'm sorry, but that's not fully on Flurry because, as I've said before, there are five other guys skating in front of you that could have scored, that could have stopped them from getting to where they were, that could have done this, that, and the other thing other points in the game you know so yes that one goal is 1000 percent on flurry but i don't remember the overtime or the well, that was, overtime game winner is the luckiest most montreal this season oh i've ever yeah, seen in my it life. like had an, it was like an eye seeing puck yeah where, josh anderson hit it out of the air at the blue line it fell behind him to paul byron and then they went in on a two-on-o yeah. Like yeah. easy tap in. Like Steve Steve could have scored that. No offense, Steve. <laughs> Why would you say no offense? Just say offense. <laughs> no, I don't mean offense. I mean I mean mean it to say that anyone could have scored that. Not that you're anyone, but but, but why am I the perfect example of someone who even even Steve can't miss that? Anyway, because you trash before? on your you tra- trash on your shot every week of this show. I'm out of my game after Happy Gilmore. I can tap it in. Tap 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 a roo. Go to your home. Anyway, I'm in my home for now. This this has been a, once again a very exciting series, and I still think Vegas has this in the bag. Um, Does it go? I'm, I'm worried about him. I am so, a little worried. One, one thing I wanted to bring up is their lack of center depth is really hurting them. Chandler, Chandler Stevenson, Stevenson being with, hurt. With him out, Carlson is half the player he was two years ago. It, their center, but the Carlson line works very well. They can't sustain pressure usually. Like every line has a black hole where the defense knows to attack that guy. So if Noses has the puck, he has two guys on him because they know they can cause a turnover. But if Stone or Patchetti has it, they'll play him one-on-one and they'll kind of back off until Nosek gets the puck and then they attack. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, it, it's, it looks like beer league hockey. <laughs> like, that's the strategy I use. Yeah, exactly. Um, not, to men- not to mention, like, what, 80% of their goals are from the back end? Yeah, that's what I've been mentioning in the Montreal's defense has been very good at just shutting down the Vegas offense and making their defense score, which Vegas's defense can easily score. Shea Theodore Alex Petrangelo have both have very good shots. Martinez is coming into his own too. Well, not, not coming into his own, but he's like refining himself. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Vegas is getting exposed for investing too much on their wings and not enough down the middle. They yep. thought they would be okay with the growth of Tanner Glass. Or Cody, Cody Glass. Glass Cody Glass. But I don't need Tanner I think Glass. He must he must be hurt or something. Because he's just no not way in the lineup. He should not. Seriously? Yeah, he he's not that, even on the taxi squad. Or well, there isn't bad. a taxi squad anymore. He's just chilling in the oh, wait. Looks like they should have traded Glass and not Suzuki. No, Glass Glass is there. He's up, but I don't think he's played many games. He hasn't played. He hasn't played this series yet. My state. My statement stands. They he played one The good thing. The good thing is Chandler Stevenson's return is on the horizon, so they're hoping to get him back this series. Um, and if it goes, this goes to seven, like I now think it will. That'll be huge. Yeah, for sure. I still remember, I, we brought this up last week, I still remember when I said, hey, Vegas traded for this Chandler Stevenson guy while we were on our way back from a Sabres game, and Steve's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and now they need him more than ever. Yes. You didn't know who he was either, so bite me. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that, but I didn't judge. I did. I know. Oh. You're a lot. Oh, yeah, you're – yeah, never mind. I, I know a you're lot. Right. You're right, no you're right, reason. you're right. But – I think you needed more homework. I didn't do homework in college, Steven. C's get degrees. (laughs) But 
That being said, Vegas-Montreal game five is tomorrow night, 9 o'clock Eastern. But I wanted to move up north with some more news coming out of the NHL, and that is JT Brown has retired from the NHL after seven NHL seasons, 365 games played, and 72 points. He's going over to be a commentator for the Kraken. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Well, first of all, it's up north, but the way you said it made it sound like you were talking about Canada, so I got very confused at first. Cool. <laughs> but this Basically is really Canada. cool. Come on, now it's Minnesota. <laughs> this is really cool, though. Minnesota? Be... Well, yeah, he played at Minnesota last. But he's going to Seattle. Okay, well, he's going They're to both Seattle. Northern... Seattle's yeah. like half, of, half an hour from Vancouver, is it not? Yes, it's like it is. yeah, it's really close. But anyway, this is really cool because the, he's their first ever analyst, and he's going to be working with John Forslund. You know the hey hey, what do you say guy, like the legendary Rangers, I believe, call play caller, or play by play guy. All right, well, I'm a broadcasting nerd, so I just know that name. Anyway, um, great career, I guess. I mean, sure, he didn't get 72 points, but he played a lot of games in the NHL after, I think he was, yeah, he was undrafted, um, won a cup with Tampa, and won a national championship in Minnesota Duluth. So he, he carved out a pretty good career. And, I mean, he was just kind of like a Ryan Reeves type of player and did what he had to do, but it's really cool. Well, he's a little more skilled than that, but well, he also right. was the uh, like most outstanding player for that 2011 uh, national championship, and he he went undrafted, and Tampa Bay picked him up, so he ended up playing with uh, the Syracuse Crunch down the I-90, and then broke in with Tampa. Uh, ended up getting traded to Anaheim. Uh, I wrote it. Down. Yeah, Anaheim for half a year, and then. Uh, Minnesota gave him his last shot before he uh, hung up the skates. So, oh, because he, he won the cup last year with Tampa. Yep. Oh, he, he was, was with Minnesota okay. this year. He was, well, When was he with Anaheim then? Wait a minute. <laughs> Y'all all just losing it, not knowing anything about JT Brown. Well, no, well, I, 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 I looked it up on uh, Elite Prospects. I remember when, because he, I remember he won the cup. Him and um, Matthew Joseph were like part of the part of the uh, like whole thing with Tampa winning the cup and stuff because they came out of the AHL and they, you know, they made a quick impact on the team in a few important games. And hey, hey, Josh, it wasn't the twenty nineteen. It was not the twenty nineteen cup. In his sixth season with the Lightning in 17-18, Brown was used in a reduced role. On January 13, 2018, Brown was placed on waivers by the Lightning after appearing in 24 games. He was then claimed by Anaheim Ducks on January 14. Brown played out the season with the Ducks, contributing one goal and three points in 23 games and a fourth-line role. As a free agent, after the Ducks didn't re-sign him, Brown opted to return to his home state, securing a two-year, $1.375 million contract with Minnesota July 1st, 2018. Well, get wrecked, nerd. I'm an idiot. My apologies. Anyways, uh, this is really cool for JT Brown. Um, I love what he's done and the influence he's had on the league. Um. And I think this is a really cool opportunity for him. And uh, I can't wait to see how this goes. I mean, of course, we wish him the best. We wish, you know, every other player who retires the best. But hopping from the show and then hopping into talking about the show on live TV is very different. Um, So hopefully it all goes well for him. But what an opportunity. I mean... The inaugural, what is it? He's a color analyst, correct? Correct. Yeah, color commentator he's going to be. Yeah. I mean, inaugural color commentator for the 32nd NHL team is, is pretty insane. So hopefully it goes well. Most definitely. And Good he's luck a to... fellow podcaster. 
he he hosts. I just saw a little snippet, so I don't know how current it is or how often he posts or whatever. But he's like host of the Soul on Ice podcast. Love it. Sweet. I need to find that. Um, but we wish yeah. good luck to Jason Brown. Could be color commentators for an NHL team as long as we played seven years in the NHL first. <laughs> With that, good luck to JT Brown um, in this next step of his career. Uh, staying up in Minnesota real quick before we jump over to what's happening on the island and some Eichel, more Eichel rumors. Uh, our hearts go out to Tom Curvers and his family. Uh, he was the wild assistant GM, played 11 seasons as a defenseman, uh, just lost his battle with lung cancer. So our hearts go out to him and the wild Minnesota wild organization and his families. Um, as well as the Leafs organizations those... and whatever organizations yeah. he played for. Cause yeah. He, he, he played for, for the Canadians too. Well. Yeah. Along those same lines, uh, our hearts go out to Rene Robert and his family. Uh, he suffered a massive heart attack over the weekend and is still in the hospital. So praying for you, dude, thoughts and prayers to talk about <laughs> that said though we're gonna bounce it over to josh because i believe he has some kind of loaded pucking question for us yeah the question is as simple as where does jack eichel fit in a trade that's beneficial to him and the sabers and his new team now this has been the talk of the town for probably the past honestly probably the past year it's really escalated in the past like three months but i just don't like i'm okay with it at this point but let's let's break this down a little bit so we got a bunch of teams but well pretty much every team in the nhl but the front runners are anaheim chicago and i believe there might be an eastern team still in it now right? now now josh before this gets too rambly, where do you yeah. see Eichel, his best fit for both teams? As a fan, Anaheim. As a podcaster, uh, Chicago. Interesting. I would not pick very. Chicago as a very good fit. Honestly, they don't have a ton of pieces, and they're a cap-strapped team unless you count the cap savings of two guys who are no longer playing put on LTIR, like getting rid of those contracts is it's, it's always weird because those rules are kind of uh, there. There's some fuckery to be had there. So I wouldn't pick Chicago as a really good fit unless they're giving us doc Bullquist, their first round pick at plus some. Yeah. Uh, the best fit that I see is obviously LA. They have numerous prospects and picks that they can ship out. They allegedly still want to contend because they just uh, extended Kopitar recently and they have an older core. So they think, I, I think they're still trying to compete right now and they've got some NHL ready prospects ready to go. Elliot Friedman was on the instigators for his weekly uh, appearance and he flat out said, because they're one of the LA's reporters said LA has other plans is not in on Eichel. Well, Elliot's like, yeah, most of the league thinks they're full of shit. Not in those words, but they think that he thinks and other execs think they're flat out lying about not being in on Eichel. So it might be Rob Blake trying to play his cards a little close to his chest, like uh Batman in the dark Knight. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, well, that, I, I that think LA is the best fit, and it starts with either Turcotte or Velarde. I don't think you get Byfield out of them, even though I think he would be an excellent centerpiece. Uh, honestly, I I might consider Eichel for Byfield straight up. Like I would be at that point. The other one that I think Luke would want to mention or expand on would be Anaheim. Yeah, um, Anaheim kind of in the same boat as LA of. They have some core pieces and aging core pieces that still can contend. Um, they want to. Obviously, they have John Gibson and Nett, so they're going to be good for at least a couple more years, I think. John Gibson is one of the best goaltenders in the game right now. 
he just doesn't get enough love because he's on a shit team in Anaheim. But that trade has to start with Trevor Zegers. There's, there's no, there's almost zero doubt that it has to ha- include Trevor Zegers. It's the only way to make it even, unless you're giving us three or four B prospects, B plus prospects. Like, there's, there's no other person to send over this way. What about you, Stack? From the outside perspective, where do you see Eichel playing? And uh, don't say New York Rangers because anger. Um, You all might hate me for this, except Luke. I could see him in Vegas next year. Now, hear me out. What does what is Buffalo needed for years? Immediate impact talent. Oh. And depth. <laughs> Who has that in abundance? Vegas. Up front, Vegas has it. On the back end, Vegas has it. Alec Martinez is uh, UFA this season. Technically wouldn't be a trade, but they could trade for his rights maybe? I don't know. No, but, they can't because he's a UFA. It well, could, they, yeah, but they Dougie, could trade. Dougie Hamilton is, in, is a UFA too. But well, the, with he's that, talking about trading for his rights. I, I don't know how – it would either, be un, it would be very unlikely. Yeah, either it way. would probably happen. You can trade for them the up to you can trade for them up to the resign phase. So technically, you can trade you if a person is going to be UFA at the draft. Yeah, so they could do that. Okay, either way, hear me out. Like I said, Buffalo's needed impact, talent, and depth up front and on the back end for the better part of the last decade. And who has that in abundance right now? Not a lot of teams have that more than Vegas does. Vegas might have one of the most talented forward groups in the league. Well, not the – they, of course, have the one of the most talented, but they might have the most talented forward group in the league all around, but they don't have a bona fide star. I could see them trading one of those – one to three of those guys who have inflated cap hits to Buffalo, who has an abundance of cap space for Eichel. Of course, there'll be picks in there, and I'm sure Cody Glass or someone else is in there too because it'll be somewhat of a cap dump, somewhat of an actual trade. But, you know, they would definitely probably like to get rid of the money from guys like Riley Smith, guys like... Well, wait, wait. those guys on the wrong side of whatever, how old they are. Hear, hear, hear me out in this. Now, those guys. Stack, Stack, and everyone else listening, hear me out in this. Give me Cody Glass. Give me Max Pacioretty. Yeah, he's another name. And Peyton Krebs. No, any, any, basically any of their defensemen, because all their defensemen can easily slot in in Buffalo. The only thing I don't want is with Vegas is that they're all aging. They're all, like you said, stacked on the wrong side of 30. They're on the wrong side of 25. I like, I look at this team and it would be great to get half of these guys, but how much of an impact are they going to have down the road? Like this Eichel trade needs to be done in a way that will give us lasting success because no matter what, it's going to look like we lost the trade because Eichel is going to be good wherever he goes. And there's no doubt about it. But if we get like Trevor Zegras, the third overall and whatever else from Anaheim, or if we get, I don't know who from Vegas, I didn't even think about Vegas, but we need to get someone that's going to be someone that's around like 22, 23, a couple people like that. A draft pick and then maybe a veteran. I, I, that's what I want. That's a, that's why I say give me Cody Glass. I don't like Cody give Glass. Me, I like Peyton Krebs better. Fine, Peyton, Peyton Krebs, Patch Ready, and say a Zach Whitecloud, who's a right shot defenseman, who's what 22, 23? 23. That is a Ryan O'Reilly trade and a first. That is a Ryan O'Reilly trade. Yeah. Hundred percent. It is going. I don't think it is. 
no, it's going for depth pieces. You are trading a top 10 center in this league, a top 10 forward in this league when he's on top five. All right. If you're not getting him without the organization's best prospect, at least one to two first round picks and good impact players, Vegas doesn't have it because they've, they've consistently traded away futures and prospects. They don't have enough in the tank. Krebs and Glass. Glass is heading towards a failed prospect. He's been, uh, he's what, draft year plus four at this point? Three, I think. How long is, is this Vegas's fourth season? He got, dra- he got drafted in he 2017. He was the first Vegas draft pick. So that's four he has years. Had 20, he has had 22 points in 66 NHL games. Yeah. And right now they have an issue with center depth and he still can't crack the lineup. Yeah. He's worse than middle stat at this point. He is not who you want to draft. He's not who you want back in Eichel trade. It's just another Tage Thompson. You need to get Al Puck. Pretty much. So, um, like Steve said, and like has been reported, there has to be at least one first-round pick mentioned in this deal. You know who's a team from the East who has three right now? The Columbus Blue Jackets. And like Josh said, no. who has, who is a 22- to 24-year-old who isn't fitting in? Hmm. Patrick Laine. Uh. And Max Domi, who's also there and hates it. Surprised. Uh. See, um, I, 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 I think Columbus has enough firepower in the tank if they were to do that trade. I just don't really like those pieces coming back, honestly. Jack Roslovic? Yeah, to be fair, Jack Roslovic won't leave. He's from Columbus. He's staying. Oh, yeah. Unless they trade him, and I don't know why they would at that point. That'd be like the Leafs trading Tavares right now. But to that end... Yeah, they have Toronto's first and Tampa's first from this year. Toronto's first, it's going to be, I don't know, 18, 18, I don't don't know. But Tampa's is basically going to be a second at this point. However, their first is top 10, right? Yeah. It's also their first in Toronto. If they package their first and Toronto's first, Patrick Line. I don't know who their first best prospect is right now. Uh, let me look. Uh, Liam Foudy, but he's not that great. Yeah, he's okay. I mean, he scored he scored that goal in game five of the qualifying round that makes me happy Frederick Anderson's leaving. But Texier. anyway. Alexander Texier. Yeah, he's pretty good. Decent center prospect. Yeah. I mean – they're, the pieces are there for Columbus to make a legitimate package. And let's not forget, Patrick Liney and Seth Jones both went out of Columbus. Right. And I know, you, I know is- we've soured on Seth Jones because his numbers aren't great and he has not been great for a while. But that's a legitimate, like, they can make a serious package. Say two first-rounders, I mean, Liney and Jones. I think I Jones is better than Risto. So – that's where I was going to go with this to put, to finish up and uh, put the final point in this. And I'll let you guys Minnesota. No, I, I think, I think Minnesota makes a lot of sense. We can discuss it at another time. Er, Erickson, Eck, Rossi, Boldy, and a first that. Ooh. Okay. You have my attention, but this is more of a crazy, like, like conspiracy theory board scheme idea. Columbus wants Reinhardt. It's reported that teams want both Risto and either Eichel or Reinhardt. So you send all three to Columbus for all three firsts, Texier, Corpus Allo, Jack Roslevic, Seth Jones, and Patrick Laine. You send out three, you get eight in return. Okay, that being said, we're going to jump away from this <laughs> Eichel talk. Um, I forgot we don't – this is why we don't let Josh make trade predictions. I'm shook right now. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm really shook. Could you imagine all three of them being like, yes, I get away from the other guy, and they all go to the same team? <laughs> uh, Wait, no, no, okay. no. I just, uh, here, like, 
Okay, you know, I mean, you know I enjoy, what? You know I enjoy what? the chaos. I, I yeah, like the that, chaos. That would just be the fun one. <laughs> like fun for uh, whom? That sounds like a bad time for everyone involved. <laughs> literally. Except for the NHL network. <laughs> no, even they would be like, what do what what is this trade? Stephen A. Smith would have a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, <laughs> no. Stephen A. Smith wouldn't know what was going on. Yeah. No. Like, okay. Hey, uh, do you want to trade your broken foot for a broken clavicle? Obviously, not an actual idea. But could you imagine sending all three of those for like everything? <laughs> you know, I I could imagine, but you know what? I couldn't imagine the fact that the Islanders might end up winning this series and going to the Stanley Cup Finals. It, I'm rooting for them. I, I am too. I just don't want to see Tampa again. Um, also, just because of it, it's uh, honestly, it's a bunch of no names. Pelican Pulak. Holy cow. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's an ugly score right now, though. First period hasn't even ended, and it's um, three nothing. Three nothing, Tampa? Yeah, it is three nothing Tampa. They lead in shots seventeen to five. Oh, so they have found their way through the Islanders. Um, are they in Tampa? Yes, they are in Tampa. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's not looking too great. I I do enjoy what uh, the Islanders have done so far. They they they've made it a tough series for Tampa, who is. I will never get over this blatant cap circumvention, but I'll stop harping on it so everyone can, you know, get on with their lives. But they they've made they've they've made it a good series, and I, I hope they pull it off. Not because I want them to win the Stanley Cup. You guys know I'm rooting for Vegas for obvious reasons. But if I have to pick someone I don't like which is basically every other team in the East that isn't the Sabres or, like, the Panthers. Shit, we or... don't even like the Sabres half the time. True, yeah. It's like, the whole <laughs> Eastern Conference can just go. <laughs> Except Nashville. Oh, Nashville's in the West. That's so stupid. Anyway, I sorry. repeat, the entire Eastern Conference can just go. The West <laughs> is more fun, and I have less uh -huh. animosity towards those teams. Except Dallas. Yeah, they, they hold a special place of hate and my uh repertoire of anger <laughs> that was creepy oh uh, no i've i've been liking the islanders play matt barzel is a freak of nature watching yeah. him just move around the ice with ease past everybody so must give is... don sweeney nightmares <laughs> So is Vasilevsky, though, and that's what's shutting Barzil down. Because, I mean, let's be fair, he cuts through Tampa's defense unless it's Sergachev and Hedman, Hedman. Or unless it's Hedman and... Uh... Hey, hey. You know, real real quick, actually, you mentioned the name I was actually about to mention here. Um, Hedman hasn't looked that great. No, not a Norris caliber anymore. No, he's definitely not a Norris caliber defenseman. Um, yet, you know what's going to end up happening? He's going to win the Norris. Over, yeah. You know who should have got nominated? Pelic or Pulak? I mean, they didn't guys, have good enough seasons. But they're so good for the Islanders right they're now. They're playing good defense, but they did not have good enough seasons to be Norris. They're excellent players, but the Norris is a next tier, and you usually need to perform um, – <clears throat> favors for the voters or something unless you are like drew dowdy or something stack what's your take on this series so far um i hate them both um <laughs> i hate everything about this year's playoffs and well for obvious reasons i hated it from uh, you know game seven of round one but even then, all the somewhat likable teams are gone by now. Um, Vegas's Twitter account is the most annoying thing on the internet. Tampa is $18 million over the cap. Montreal is Montreal. And the Islanders, 
for obvious reasons, I have a slight um, distaste for them. Um, yeah. However, I will say um, it's been interesting to see how the Islanders have adjusted to Tampa's play style. Um, it's more interesting to me that the league is letting Tampa get away with this and probably will for the next few years. Yep. Um, I think I read I read something on Twitter. I didn't bother to research because, of course, it's the internet. But um, I saw something that said they are already over the cap for next season and only have 15 players signed. I don't know how true that is, but the fall of Tampa is going to be glorious to watch. Um, yeah, but this is legitimately their last shot. And as it, I mean, as evidenced by the score right now, uh, looks like they realize that and they're trying to get another one in repeat. So guess, guess who, uh, is the, who I think the best player on Tampa Bay is. Braden point. Braden point. Oh, he, Honestly, he he's their best player. I don't think it's particularly close. Like, yes, Kucherov is skilled out the wazoo, but Braden Point does everything. Do you guys see that goal he scored while getting cross checked and knocked down? Yeah, that was insane. Nuts. He was nuts. So to go off a of stacks point of the fall of Tampa, they need to sign fifteen players this offseason. Fifteen. Granted, some of them, most of them probably will be on minor deals, like league men deals. But, like, that's a lot of people. Like, Barclay Goudreau, Blake Coleman, Taylor Radish, um, Ross Colton, who has come out of nowhere for them. Uh, On the defensive side, David Savard, Cal Foote, Luke Shen. um, Goalies, they'll only have... Vasilevsky, which I guess you could just say that yeah, that's all you need. But right now their goalies are Vasilevsky and Martin Spencer. McElhinney and Gibson aren't signed. So Well, they also have Alnafal coming up too. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about him. But that like they just don't have anyone signed long term. Next year they have to sign Braden Point, Andre Palat, um who else? Nobody else really, but those two are going to break the bank. Two years from now, they got to sign Sergachev. Oh, like, they'll find they'll find a way to you know get them all signed, and then they get, probably draw straws to see who has surgery before the season. Uh-huh, probably get like their uh-huh. wisdom teeth out and be on LTIR for seven months. Yeah, right. They're going to do something wild over the next couple of years, but right now they're wilding it up in Tampa with a 3 nothing lead. That being said, I think Tampa's going to end up holding on and winning this one. Yeah. So that put the series at 3-2. They go back to the island. It's going to 7 no matter what. Yeah. I think I think there's no way the Islanders lose a game 6 possible elimination game at home. At home, no, they won't lose that. Especially with a full coliseum. Like well, I hate to break it to you, but there is a very likely chance Tampa rolls them in that game. That is also true. The fans don't play the game. Yeah. They they can true. help, but Tampa is vastly superior in every aspect of the game except coaching. Hats off to the Islanders fans, though, for literally singing the national anthem every single night. Like That's, that's awesome. so yeah. cool. Yeah. But – that being said, as we want to go catch some of that Islanders Lightning game, we're going to roll into some closing time. Josh, what you got for us? Um, Not too much. Work's just kind of been whatever. Uh, big thing, though, last night was the first time my parents got to actually watch me play an actual hockey game. So that was really cool, especially on Father's Day. Uh, I got a sick assist. Uh, sick ace. Sick assist. I, I can't speak. Um, but I was coming right over the blue line. It was a three on two. I toe dragged the defenseman. And as I go back to get it, the guy that was rushing with me on the three on two takes it, takes one stride and just snipes it top right corner. And I'm like, you know what? It it worked out. Like, that's fine. (laughs) I wasn't really going to get back to the puck cleanly anyway. So 
good for you. But it was a fun game. Uh, it was really cool for them to get to come out and see that, even though it's not like, you know, a legit hockey game. It's just pickup, but it, it's still cool. But other than that, um, not much else has been really going on. I don't have too much to report. Steve, what about you? Well, as we all know, uh, we're recording this on Monday, June 21st. Yesterday was Father's Day. Uh, cooked up some uh, a few strip steaks for myself, my girlfriend, and her dad. Uh, first time I ever grilled a steak, and holy crap, those cook really fast. And they came out medium. I like medium rare, but what, they came out really well. They were satisfied, whatever. Uh, you think butter? those cook fast? Cook a venison steak. That's like twice Ooh. the speed. That sounds amazing. It Anyways, is, but it's so, really hard. To cook. So earlier in the day, I called my father. So I FaceTime my parents, who are in South Carolina, where um, they they don't have to deal with snow too much anymore, and they like to rub it in during the fall and spring times. So I was talking to them and I have no idea how we got onto this, but my dad started telling me about his buddy. Uh, his name was Steve shit. And you know, his name was Steve shit. So he wanted to change his name. So he changed it to Bob. Father's day was yesterday, Steve, no more dad jokes for you. <laughs> All right. Stack, um, as we're cutting Steve Screw from you, podcast now. Funny. You know why, you know why his name was Steve shit? Because it was a shitty joke, Steve. You have my permission to fuck all the way off. <laughs> Stack, what you got for us for closing time? Well, uh, not a whole lot. <laughs> Honestly, besides work and everything, not a whole lot's going on in my life because not a lot has been able to go on outside of work. I mean, I, I got home from vacation Wednesday, and between Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I worked 37 and a half hours. And now this week, I worked 65 and a half. And 11 are down today, so now I'm only down to... 54 and a half hours left and I have tomorrow off so in the next mm, five days I have 54 hours so uh, looking forward to that I hope you can hear the sarcasm in my voice Bro, but yeah I I'll, send you, I'll send you a try to prepare myself tomorrow for the rest of the week so However, the bread's going to be nice. I did get a raise. I don't know if I mentioned that. So, yeah. making, nice. making, I'm making Taco Bell money now, 15 an hour. And um, with my overtime, 25 hours, I did the math. This paycheck should be in the 1,000 something range before oh, yeah. taxes. So, love thank to hear you. it. But, I'll do your taxes. Um, we'll, we'll see how <laughs> that goes. But, <laughs> yeah, please. Um, yeah. Well, it, it sounds but, just about as enjoyable as working a bottle room on a 90-degree day with some guy who just decided, hey, I'm going to dig through your trash. Because that's a thing rational adults do at yes. the grocery store. They dig yeah. through trash to try and find five-cent bottles. Yes. It happens. Don't Oh, I really that. got... All I really got for y'all is um, today was a rough one. I woke up, I went to work. Well, I started to go to work. This is about 730 in the morning. I start work at 8 o'clock. I stayed at my girlfriend's last night. And I'm about to get onto the entrance for the uh, highway I take to work. All of my shit that I need for work is at my apartment in Hamburg. Oh no. <laughs> 25 minutes away. Buddy. From work. So I had to go home, rush home, and then rush to work. I was only about 20, 25 minutes late, and I texted my boss telling him I was gonna be late. But yeah, that's how my day started. Yikes. And I didn't shave. So, here we are. Work what, is too happy with you right now. We'll be fine. I didn't know you even owned a razor. <laughs> I have to shave my seven hairs sometimes. You could do some uh, 
child-proof scissors for that. That all being said, though, between Steven shitting, Josh not knowing how to make trades, and Stack just hating his life because the Leafs don't know how to finish, we're going to go watch the playoff hockey and ease our minds and hope that the Lightning don't somehow win everything again. As I say every week, be safe, be smart, and go watch the playoff hockey.